Tell me, uh, I, I want to talk recruit. You mentioned recruiting earlier. Can you, uh, mm-hmm. your number sixteen pro- prospect, uh, Jamonta Waller out of Picayune. Can you uh, yeah. tell me what you think about this young man? He is highly, highly rated. Uh, yeah, he he is highly rated, and he's really, really gifted. Um, I think the thing. You know how we keep hearing this term edge lately? Like, we've gone from using the outside linebacker term or the defensive end term, and we've now labeled the, the tweener guy, the in-between guy, as an edge player. That's, that's what he is, all right? Because he's, you know, he doesn't have tremendous length in the sense that he's not going to be a six foot five, six foot four, six foot six, hand-on-the-ground defensive end, all right? But he's got a little bit more length than your traditional linebacker, and he can, he's got natural pass rush instinct. So he's one of those guys that you want in an, in an overhang position to where he's likely standing up uh, the vast majority of the time. And do you remember Tim Williams at Alabama? Yeah. Okay. That would be kind of similar to the mold of, of Waller in the sense that not quite big enough to be an end, explosive skills off the edge, all right? Maybe not your true, you know, physical, inside, rugged linebacker type. He's just kind of somewhere in between all of that. And and we're seeing so many of those guys now because of the three-man front, right? Mm-hmm. And not just the 3-4, but the 3-3-5, three, three, the 3-5-3. Three, three. Like, there has to be a guy that you're – he's your Swiss Army knife. Um, for Clemson, that was Isaiah Simmons. And we've seen guys, the, 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 the linebacker, the true freshman that is going to be probably a top three overall pick, the kid at uh, LSU that is just an absolute terror. And now his name escapes me. I have no idea why. Under Armour All-American, top five player for us in the 2022 class. Um, We're looking it up. 40. Oh, Harold Perkins. Boom. Oh, Perkins. that guy's yeah. number 40. He's a freak. He's a freak. He's an absolute freak. But, again, not big enough to be a defensive end, not your traditional linebacker, but he could play every single role within the box. Okay. Uh, where do you project? I know I asked you this like nine months ago, but I'm going to do this again because he's such a phenomenal player. Where do you project Sunterin Perkins again, Luke's? Outside linebacker and potentially as an edge player. Uh, now, he's a, he's bigger – at the same stage than than Waller uh, is currently at the same time. If you were to compare the the two of them, okay. Um, but similar. But the other thing too with with Suntory and you know initially we had him in our athlete category because the first two years when we were watching him, he was far more of an offensive player than he was a defensive player. He was kind of a sub package guy that was sprinkled in on defense here and there. But he looked like a wide receiver, H-back, tight end type of guy. And so up until we got him into the senior year, and then we put him at linebacker in the Under Armour game, and he might have been pound for pound the best defensive player in the game. That's how good he's going to be, in my opinion. Now, you know, I'm, I'm basing that on physical attributes. I'm not basing that on, you know, any knowledge of something that could arise that we don't have a, a predictive measure of. Sure. But his, his skill level – 
um, and, and instincts for the position, I, I just think are outstanding. I really do. Yeah, he's he doesn't get to campus until this summer, but he sounds, which is unheard of now, but he sounds, uh, as far as physical attributes, like a guy who could probably figure it out pretty quick in June and July in the weight room and 20 or so practices. I, I would think he's, and, and that's their weaker unit this year, Golding will find a spot for him probably pretty early, if at all possible. Luke, I would be stunned. I would be stunned if in the opening week depth chart he's not in the two D. Yeah, yeah, that's. In Which fact, means he's going to play at least fifty percent of the snaps and probably eventually become the full time guy. Okay. Somebody told me he's the best prospect to come out since Willie Gay. Uh, of uh, and and they Ooh. mentioned Charles Cross, but Cross was a late. Bloomer, we kind of went through we went through this huge deal where we had all these guys coming out, AJ Brown and Jeffrey oh, yeah. Simmons and Fletcher and Chris Jones DK. and DK, just crazy. And then Willie Gay was kind of the last, uh, well, and Cam Akers, but late last guy. Then we went kind of went through a little dip. But Charles Cross was a late bloomer. I think Sunterreen is a guy who could get on the field and, and be rolling around there game three or four, maybe even a starter, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no question. And, uh, and he's, I mean, he's an upgrade. I mean, if it, when you get to the level where you're recruiting and a freshman's an upgrade, you're doing a pretty good job. Sure, sure. This is a big year. You've got Mississippi kids. How about this kid, Daniel Hill? that's in your ESPN 300 from Meridian. He's listed as a tight end, but I think he's going to have several options as to what his college coach or, or coaches want to do with him. But what's your evaluation on Daniel Hill out of Meridian? Well, it's interesting you you reference you know, the, the, the tight end position. He's another one of those guys. I don't think he's tall enough to play tight end. Um we, we would put him in more of an athlete type of category mm-hmm. to figure out, like, where he could project. Um, he's built kind of like a fullback in, in, in many senses. So if you were to play in the offensive side of the football, he would have to be a little bit more of your traditional or your non-traditional H-back movement type of guy as opposed to a hand-on-the-ground type of player. But he may also be a guy that you look at and you say, Dude, this guy this guy might end up, you know, being a defensive guy. Right. Our, our take on that with high school kids in particular is that if the guy can play football and he shows natural instincts and he meets, you know, whatever you deem the measurable standard needs to be, okay, then you take him and you worry about the position later. You figure it out. You know, you, you, you throw him in a training camp, see how he survives, how does he, how does he play, and, and can he um, – and can he adapt and can he learn? And then, okay, let's just say it doesn't work at one position. You say, okay, well, this guy's scheme versatile. He can play on both sides of the ball. Let's move him around and, and figure out what you're going to do with him once you get him. Nobody has to sit there and say, well, we're going to recruit this guy as this, and this is the only place we're going to look at him. I think he's one of those guys that they can kind of figure it out as they go along. Okay, let's stay on this. Startville High School, which has produced some insane talent over the years. Braylon Burnside is number one thirty-five on your ESPN three hundred. Six foot one ninety-five. He's an athlete. What is your evaluation of Braylon Burnside out of Starble, Luke's? Well, number one, he's 
uh, a multi-sport athlete, which I think is important. I think that's more important maybe than most things nowadays uh, as far as being able to participate and and not overtrain or overemphasize uh, one position. I think he probably projects as a safety or a wideout, um, depending on, you know, what the need is or, or where he feels most comfortable. Uh, good size, not elite. You know, he's not a big six foot two, six foot three, two hundred and ten pound imposing kid. He's about six foot, one hundred and eighty five, hundred and ninety pounds. Has tested really well in the past, which means that when you're trying to see if the in person evaluation and the measurables and the testing match up with the tape, with him it does. Okay, love it. All right, uh, Jeffrey Rush out of Pascagoula is committed Ooh, to down on the coast. Yes, and and that when I was growing up, Shane Matthews' dad was at Pascagoula, and Buckley and Shane and and all those dudes came out in the late '80s, and they were unbelievable. Um, and they won the state championship and so on. Pascagoula kind of went away for a while. But Jeffrey Rush is uh, listed at 6'3", 255. He's number 138 on your um, ESPN 300. Uh, how does he project for you and your team, Luke? So he's one of those guys that right now is a bit of a tweener between being an inside guy or an edge guy. He doesn't quite have the length that you would like to have on the edge in terms of you know being a 6'5", 6'6", guy with really, really good arm length. And he's, not, he's also not necessarily built yet to play the tackle spot. I think that eventually that's where he'll grow into because unless he grows in terms of length and height, his natural position, given his leverage and his body build, is to probably become a 280-pound guy, 285, 290-pound guy, and play on the inside as a disruptive probably three technique. I don't know if he'll ever get big enough to be a guy that you'd say, okay, well, we got we to gotta play with this guy uh, on the nose or, or in the one technique gap where he's going to take on double teams and he's going to be able to anchor versus a point of attack. That's not what type of player he is. So I think it depends on what his growth level will end up being. Okay. Uh, does he gain length? And if he does, he can stay on the edge. If he doesn't, he's going to have to gain weight. He'll move down. Okay, so at 255? Could always get to 285 maybe over a few years and so on. Grow into that. Oh, sure. And uh, plug the middle. Tom Luganville, ESPN 300. Uh, he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Of course, Lugs has been involved with the uh, Under Armour All-American game for how many years, Tom? Well, let's see. It started in 2008, so. 15. A long time. Yeah, okay. Crazy, right? That long is crazy. Fast, I'll tell you that much. I know, too fast. Uh, Cameron Beavers. From Bay Springs is 196 on the ESPN 300 defensive tackle. Y'all have got him at about 6'3", 315. What can you tell me about Cameron Beavers? Now, that's your typical inside guy that we were just talking about. That's your, your true nose, your one technique, space eater, occupier of space, um, just really big and strong at the point of attack. Um, now the question you have with guys like that sometimes is how often can they stay on the field or for how long can they stay on the field? Because, you know, conditioning comes into play and, you know, you, you look, you're an, if you're an early down guy, there's generally a reason and it has to do with stature and build. And, and so what, what I always look at with guys of that size 
is what type of body composition do they have and what type of condition are they going to put themselves in as far as work ethic and being in a position to where they may look super duper big and they are, but they're in tremendous shape because that's going to keep you on the field longer. Mm -hmm. Now, I still think size when it comes to that type of size is going to limit you to early down production. But, you know, what does everybody want to do with early down production? They want the offense to be in third and long, right? So if you're in the game on the first and second down, you're stopping the run, you're doing some pretty good things. Um, that guy goes off the field. Now all your jackrabbits come on the field and you start rushing the passer. Right. So, you know, obviously there's a huge correlation between, you know, size and body type and how many downs you're going to play based off the position and how big you are at defensive tackle. This class is loaded in Mississippi. It's deep. It There's, really is. It's a really good class. Um, I mean, they're, I'm hearing from people who believe that guys coming in at like the 22nd rated player, 24, 28, are dudes that can that can play power five. So we went through a little bit of a dip, and now we've got another loaded class. Let's go to Chris Davis Jr., athlete out of Picayune, Mississippi. He's not big, but he's talented. He's committed to Ole Miss. Uh, how does where does Chris Davis Jr. project for you? Um, that's a great question because you just mentioned you just mentioned the size, and so I think he's going to end up being like a scat back, like a dynamic utility weapon, the guy that comes in on passing down, the guy that can line up in the backfield and then motion out of the backfield, and now you got to worry about him in the passing game, and be your guy that's like your jet sweep, end around, bubble screen guy on the perimeter that you could get into space, let him make people miss, because he's not going to be a guy. If you're committed to a place like Ole Miss and you're that size at running back, um, it's going to be tough for you to hold up as an every down back, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that – um, he's going to – and it doesn't mean you're a role player. It just means you're a utility player. You're a player that has a unique skill set that can be utilized. Um, and it's interesting, too, because there's not a lot of guys like that, that that Lane has actively pursued, right, or had coached at a place like Alabama or SC or some of these other places. So a little bit of a deviation ah, from the type of back Ole Miss has been playing with. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. I like where you went there compared to what they what they went through out at at Southern Cal for well even at Bama to a certain extent. 